Well, I sometimes smile when I hear this passage. When I was at St. Michael's grade school in Monroe, we were reading from the passage uh, of the the, uh, Bible, and we'd have different reading parts, and we had this event or like a kind of a uh, like a play or an event. And one of my show's favorite shows at the time was Brady Bunch. In the show Brady Bunch, there was an episode where Jan was like, Marsha, Marsha. So when I had to read this line, it was Martha, Martha. I said, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> and so I always look at this line and say, Lord, that means a little wake-up call. Because God always plants those little things in our hearts to be able to get us to see his full message, even if it is a story from the past. Now, this story of Martha and Mary is a good one. Now, there's some disagreement if you go back to the church fathers, if you go back uh, into the ancient church in Gregory the Great, he'll say the main message of this is that it's the apostolic life versus the contemplative life. Now, um, Martha is that apostolic life, work to be able to serve in the kingdom of God, but Mary chose a higher part, the contemplative life, like a cloistered nun, the highest of callings, And that's kind of what a lot of said. Now, Bishop Barron says, I disagree with that. The message that I get out of this is that you are to always remain at the feet of Jesus, no matter who you are, when you, when it is, or where you are. So there's some different viewpoints and that's okay. None of those are contrary to the teaching of the faith. What I like to explain, however, is how I kind of saw this, and I formed this from different commentaries from the Navarre Bible and seminary class. But anyway, I I used to think Martha gets a bad rap. And um, I I, I did, you know, that um, this message here is really not fair because we should all stop working, do nothing, and claim we're going to go pray. Well, we do see a lot of that in religious life. Um, When some of members of religious life are called to do something hard or strenuous, well, I need to go pray. And that's good, but sometimes you don't see them that they went to pray, but they got out of the work. I'm sure we've all done it at one time or another. But no, this is not the message. Think of the context here. This is an important, important context. Now, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to die. He's getting ready to die. Now he's in Bethany, and we know that that's the home of Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. That's only two miles away. Jesus is nearing the finish line. He knows what's coming. His whole being must have been taken up with the intensity of what was coming, his passion and death. Could you imagine You're so focused on this. And I think if that was any of us, a loud gathering and a loud dinner would probably be the last thing we want. And here's Martha running around creating this loud gathering, this loud dinner. She was eager to celebrate. She didn't know Christ was going to his death by giving him the best feast she could give him. All right, now... She was hassled and unsettled to make it a good one. That was precisely, however, what I would think 
and we discussed this in seminary, probably what Jesus did not want. He was facing the cross, the cross before him, and must have had a lot of tension in his heart. You know, he asked the Father to take the cup away from him. We should too, with all suffering. But then he says, but not my will be done, your will be done. So anyway, it's probably a pretty good guess that he wanted some quiet. So he goes to Bethany, this little town, to find rest, even for a moment. The last thing probably on his mind was this big fixings and an extravagant party. It was the circumstances that I think Mary understood. She saw something maybe was troubling our Lord. So what does she do? She went and sat at his feet. Mary seemed to understand what Martha did not. Not condemning Martha for working. Many people use excuses to get out of that. But because Martha saw not so much that she was a contemplative prayer warrior, but she saw something was maybe troubling Jesus. Again, he's going to die. So often that we want to be kind, this is true, to people, but we want to be kind in our own way. Martha wanted to be kind, but she wanted to do it in her way through this big party. Probably didn't stop to see Jesus was not in the mood for that. Sometimes we do the same thing. If our way is not the way that they want, we sometimes get offended. Well, gee, they didn't like that I fixed them fish for dinner. Well, maybe they really gag on fish. Maybe they really can't eat it. Personally, I love fish, but that's just the way it is. So if we're trying to be kind, we need to look into the heart of the person, relate to them, uh, and then see how we could help. We should forget our own plans and think of what best helps them. That's what Mary did, and that's what Martha did not. I don't think I agree with either of those sides. It's just kind of the way I view it in the ways that, that some commentaries do. When, you know, when Martha set out to be kind, it had to be her way of being kind. That, I think, is the problem. It wasn't kind to Jesus to not recognize his heart was in agony. But give her credit. She was trying. Martha was trying. Mary probably understood it a little better. Now, however, let's not condemn Martha here. I have to be a defender of Martha because I am definitely more like Martha than Mary. I didn't believe I was called to the contemplative life. I am more the apostolic life. That's why I'm a Marian. Apostolic communities out in the community, out and about. Contemplative are cloistered. And so I don't want to not help Martha here. All right. If this story took place during the feeding of the 5,000 people, let's, let's use that as an example. It would be totally different. Totally different. Jesus tasked the apostles to get busy. It was not a time to sit at his feet and navel gaze. It was a time to step up and work. Distribute the food. Collect the baskets. You do the work, Jesus said. People were in need of food and assistance at that moment. If they just would have said, nah, I'm going to sit around all day and pray, no way. 
No way. So there is a time for Martha and there is a time for Mary. One of the biggest things I see in religious life is a misconception of that. There are brothers that get very aggravated because we don't spend 24 hours a day in the chapel. That is not the calling of an apostolic religious community. It's not. We are to be out. We are to be with the people. We are to be hitting the pavement, spreading the message. This is what we are called to do. So St. Paul urges us to give God glory in everything, but especially work and deed. Scripture tells us that Abraham, we just read it. We just read about Abraham, Brother Elliot. He opened his home and he welcomed three unknown travelers, right? He worked for them and took care of them. And for that, he was blessed. So Martha's not all bad here. This is not bad. But sometimes we can be too busy that we fail to hear God. Yeah, that's my problem. Sometimes it's midnight and I'm like, okay, now I got to go do my holy hour and end up falling asleep. I didn't do myself any good. And so we can learn on both sides. And what our Lord is telling us, it's better to hear him first. Then we can go do what is necessary. There's a time and a place. Martha did nothing wrong in working hard for Jesus. That was good. But her problem was that she became distracted because of too much activity. Again, I see the message there for myself. I think this is a great passage. So to finish, Martha served with good intent. This is true. But forgot to also take the time to sit at Jesus' feet. We need both. Right? To sit at the feet of Jesus implies a readiness to accept and obey. <coughs> Excuse me, my voice is still struggling. Whatever Jesus tells us. You know, there was a Protestant of all, um, one of the fathers, Spurgeon, and he said, The way to get the revival is to begin at the Master's feet. For you must go there with Mary first, and afterwards you are to work with Martha. I thought that was pretty good, saying we need both. So basically we are called to sanctify ourselves in the middle of this crazy world based on your state in life. Now the Bible tells you if you're a single person with no spouse or children, you have way more time to dedicate to the Lord. You have much more of an obligation. Now, if you're a beautiful parent and a faithful wife or husband and you have multiple children, God bless, we see beautiful families like that. We have Eric and Christy sitting in the back as a perfect example. They're going to have duties. They're not going to have 24 hours to sit in the chapel. But their work can become prayer. That's the whole Benedictine, right? Ora et labora. Prayer and work. So action and contemplation cannot be regarded as opposite. They go together. An active life, though, forgetful of union with God, isn't any good. And unless you're a contemplative cloistered nun, a life of doing nothing but prayer, when you got other responsibilities, even in religious life, to your brothers, to pilgrims, to people that we spread mercy, then that's not good either. 
We need a balance. But a life of prayer, as I just said, shows no concern for working or the apostolate in doing active work fails to please God as well. So the key lies in being able to combine these two lives together. That's how I see it. I don't see one as necessarily greater. I think our Lord meant when he said the greater part is meaning we do this first, union with God. Then we can serve him like Martha. So anyway, work is not an obstacle, but a means for union with God. Again, Ora et Labora. You know, the Navare commentary, when I studied this passage in seminary and then read the Navare commentary, it basically came right out and said, we need both Martha and Mary. I was like, yes. So that's one good way to view this. You know, faith and works go together. The Bible tells us that we need both. Faith alone does not appear in the Bible. A lot of people will tell us, Father, Romans 3.28 says, you are saved by faith alone and not by works. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you are saved by faith. does not say the word alone. Martin Luther added that. And not by works of the law. We Catholics believe that. But what works are necessary? Works of love. Works of love. And that's what we have in our message today. So whether you are more Martha or more Mary, don't forget your sister. Because we need a little of both. Well, I think our Lord would tell us, we need a lot of both. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.